<laughs> Good afternoon, church. It's like three people here. Good afternoon, church. Yeah, come on. I know that you guys are already in, in that stage of the day when you close your eyes and all you see is a chicken swimming in broth surrounded by aisles of vegetables and a mountain of rice. Amen? You guys hungry? If you guys were not, probably you guys are now. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Well, last time that I was here behind the pulpit, sharing the word of God, I was sharing about what? I did the same question to the first service. What was I sharing? You guys remember? No? Not a clue? Do, 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 do. Everybody's looking at their phones. Let's see if I took notes that day. Maybe I didn't. I was talking about faith. And I was sharing that faith was not only the fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, as it is stated in Galatians 5. It is not only the gift that is given to us, according to 1 Corinthians, but faith is also a journey. And it's a journey with faith is going to be tested, validated, and strengthened. It is easier for us to say, I am a man or I am a woman of faith when everything is going smooth, when the ride is enjoyable. But when we hit the rocky road, when we hit the bumps, when we hit the valleys, then we wonder, what's with our faith? It is there where we will know, and the Bible says that we will be declared if we are men and women of faith. New Living Translation, James 1, verses 2 to 4 reads, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you guys rejoice in our troubles? See? Right there is the answer to the human dilemma. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Faith is not just believing on something. Faith is not a substitute for knowledge. Our faith as believers operates in the realm of meaning. What's the meaning of the journey for us? It is not in the realm of facts. Because when we take into consideration the facts, we won't believe in by faith, by, by sight. Faith acknowledges facts, but it is not out to obtain, contradict, or prove these facts. St. Augustine knew this when he said, I believe in order that I may understand. And I like to suggest that it is here in this journey that we will know and that we will make sense of life. 
Most of the time, when our lives are being tested, we're wondering if God exists or not. If God is good or not. If it's really that God is healer or not. If he is provider or not. And we all go through the same. All this to say that as long as we are far from developing that faith, from developing trust in God, we will continue to wonder these things. So I'm just going to invite you to pay attention to the screen for a minute. It's a short video. And we'll just, it'll be an exercise in building trust uh, between one another. So Harrison, if you don't mind going first, uh, step up here on this chair and close your eyes. All right, and then everybody fill in, and we're going to ask you to fall, and then they will catch you. So you have to trust us. I'm going to count to three. Just relax and fall, okay? One, two, three. No, wait, no, no! It doesn't look like... Life. And we know that it's life when we find ourselves face down on the floor. It is the reality of our journey. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Eugene Peterson in the message renders this verse as this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Do not try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. And today I want to talk to you a message that I have titled, Trust in, in the Lord. Yes. How many of you guys know that faith has two aspects? Two connotations. A positive faith and a negative faith. Because faith... Or the principle of faith is what? Believing. And either you believe what God says or you believe what other voices are saying to you. If you believe more on the voices that talk to you, then your faith will be negative. And the same thing happens with our trust. Trust has two connotations. Who do we trust in life? God and God only. Yes, we get to trust people in our journey. But when you deposit your trust in a man, guess what's going to happen? At some point or another, you will be disappointed. God will never disappoint you. Amen. The Hebrew word for trust most used in the Old Testament is batah. And it is a verb, same as I would say is faith. 
and it connotes a feeling of security which often comes through reliance on someone or something. And the only way that we get to develop our faith and develop our trust in God is by what? By relationship. Imagine, how many of you guys have a best friend here? Like 10 people. We need to work on relationships, guys. It's important to have people in our lives that we can trust, okay? For those of you who have a good friend, how many times a week or a day do you guys talk to them? Once, three times, three times a day or three times a week? Every day. Most of the time when we develop those kinds of relationships, we'll be speaking. So imagine that you're trying to develop your relationship with God. But you speak with him on Sundays. And everybody goes quiet. Okay, you guys speak twice and you get in connection with him twice. Sunday, and if you attend connections group, then on your connection group. How do you guys think that that relationship will be with regards of trust? With regards of growing in faithfulness? With regards of growing in knowing each other? And Pastor Brendan has been teaching us about that, that we need to know God, but also making him known. And the only way that we will develop that is if we are daily relating to him. Depending on our response to the circumstances of life, we will be able to grow in our faith and to grow in our trust for God, or with God, or of God. We must be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, as I just expressed, because when our attention is placed on our circumstances, on the challenges, and the ups and downs, then we will be in trouble. How many of you guys remember this guy by the name of Peter? Yes. Two people, okay, we will share the story of Peter at another time. That's okay. Peter was able to walk on water. But when he placed his eyes, his focus on the circumstances, what happened? And God has called each one of us to walk over the circumstances. But the only way is if we trust him when he calls us and say, step out of the boat and walk. And walk. Our life as a journey has different questions that we need to ask and that we need to answer. Or we need answers to. Where am I going? How am I going to get there? Who am I going with? What are we doing while we get there? What am I going to do once I get there? And probably one that we struggle most of the time in our lives, when is it that we are going to get there? Whatever the circumstance is, most of this time we struggle with our timelines. Our timelines are now. God, I need this miracle like yesterday. God, I need this like two weeks ago. I'm short on this. I'm short on that. 
I need it now. And all God is asking is, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. These are all valid questions. However, what happens in our lives when we don't know where is it that we are going? When we don't know how is it that we are going to get where we are being called? When we don't know who is the people that will join us in the journey? When we don't know what's going to happen once we get there? And even more, when we don't have a clue, when will that happen? What do we do then? And last time I was sharing about the life of Abraham. But today I'm not going to share about Abraham. Today I'm going to share about a different character. And we will do Bible quiz during the sermon. The only way that we can go on in life when these questions are not answered is when we put our trust in God and God only. We don't know, but he knows from the beginning. He knows you from the beginning. When we trust that he is provision, that he is faithful, that he is good, that his grace is sufficient for us, we will get where we are being called. And today I'm going to be talking about Daniel. How many of you guys know a guy in the Bible by the name of Daniel? Five, six, put your hands up. I'm going to count. Ah, now everybody. Yeah. Okay, if you raise up your hand, I'm going to be asking you questions. So who was Daniel? What do we know about Daniel? Louder. It's hard to hear you. <laughs> what do we know about Daniel? Jewish noble. Okay. That's a good one. What else? Come on, did you guys go to Bible school? Sorry? It was thrown in the lion's den. What else? Captive away. What else? The name of his friends. What were his three friends? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's where everybody fails. Oh, did you read my notes while I was worshiping? I'm going to do my best to give you a summary of the book of Daniel, 12 chapters in, we have like one hour more? No, just kidding. Chapter 1, it reads, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, everybody say Jehoiakim. King of Judah, everybody repeat after me, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, good job. King of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands with some of the vessels of the house of God. 
And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, Jews without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. Why young people? Why the youth? Why do you guys think that they were interested in youth? Because when you can change their minds, you can change the world. And that's what's happening now with our youth. That's what's happening. If we are not doing our job as parents, teachers, disciple makers, we're going to have a hard time. And we are in times and a season when we need a youth, not only to be engaged, but be activated. And I will explain as I go along the journey why. It says that they were going to be teach and train in the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So the Babylonians. Why? Because once you change their minds, you can change pretty much anything. It says that the king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. And among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And this is one of the key points that sometimes we need to pay attention, or most of the time, I would say we need to pay attention. It says that the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. And I think that it is worth for us to dig a little bit deeper into why the change of the names. And names are important, and they were even more important in those days. Jehoiakim means... The Lord rises up. Nebuchadnezzar means may Nebo protect the crown. And Nebo was a god of the Babylonians and the Assyrians. It was the god of letters, of literature. And it says vegetables. I don't know what exactly that means. Vegetales or whatever. <laughs> but he was the god of vegetables. He was the god of the scribes. Now, Daniel's name means God is my judge. And the change of name was important for the Babylonians because they believed that they were going to change not only the nature, but the identity of the person. That's what they were emphatically, no, we're going to change your name. Forget about Daniel, your name now, Belteshazzar. So Daniel means God is my judge. The name that he was given means Lord of the straightened treasure or the impoverished treasure. 
Who can be a lord of an impoverished treasure? But that's what they were trying to do, giving the meaning to his life. Hananiah means God has favored, and his name was changed to Shadrach, the means the royal or the great scribe. Mishael, which means who is like God, his name was changed to Meshach, which means guest of a king. And Azariah, which, me, which name means Yahweh has helped, was changed to Abednego, or servant of Nebo. You don't serve your God anymore. You are now under a different authority. And this is so key for us to understand that even in the midst of those challenges, they have been so well trained that we will see how they are able to withstand the trials and the tribulation that was coming their way because their faith was about to be tested. Their trust in God was about to be tested. It says that the first thing that happens to Daniel is that he was given a portion of the food of the king. He said, no, I don't want it. Now, who would say no to bacon? Oh, everybody here, don't like bacon? That's what they were offering to them. They were offered meat of horses. And they were given different things that in the way that they were sacrificed was going against the principles that God has determined for them. So Daniel said, mm, no protein for us, thank you. We're going to go all vegetarian. And all the vegetarians say, no vegetarians. Wow. That's okay. Being vegetarian is good. I'm a second-hand vegetarian. <laughs> Everything that eats veggies, I eat it. <laughs> That's good too. So they were so well prepared that they said, no, don't give us this, give us this. And the concern for the chief of the eunuchs is these guys in 10 days, they're going to disappear because no protein, just vegetables. Like, come on, what kind of a diet is that? Nevertheless, Daniel challenged the chief of the eunuchs and he said, give us 10, 10 days. This is what we're going to do. And at the end of the 10 days, we will see what happens. The fact is that they were trusting in the call that God has placed for their lives. And what it says is that he will not defile himself the same as his friends. And verse 9 reads, And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. The test passed, and it says on verse 17, that as for these four youths, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, okay, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now, what kind of literature was, or what kind of literature are we talking here? Any ideas? The literature of the Babylonians, of course. 
Nowadays, we are afraid when sometimes our kids are being indoctrinated. And I think that there is a big challenge that we face in our schools, particularly when we are not doing our job at home. Because it's the only reason that they will sway the other way. We have a great responsibility as parents, as church, as ministers. We need to train the ones that are going behind us. Because how many of you guys know that our time is passing? And we don't know when that's going to happen. So we better be prepared. They were given. And it says in verse 19. And the king spoke with them. And among all them. None was found like Daniel. Hananiah. Mishael. And Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding. About which the king inquired of them. He found them. Ten times Better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. There is something that we probably miss here. What group Daniel and his friends was counted among? The magicians, the scribes, the wizards. Because somehow... We have been called to be light in the darkness. If we are light in the light, we, I'm not sure we will be that effective. There is not that much light that we can bring in the midst of light. But they were placed there for a reason. And therefore, the first test. When we continue to read in chapter 2, we know that now they were tested in a different way. It says on verse 1, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dream. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will show the interpretation. That's easy. It's like the staples button. Boom. That was easy. Yeah, tell us. But the king had other things in mind. You know what? This seems to be pretty easy. And you guys are supposed to be the experts. So this is what we're going to do. You're going to tell me my dream too. Why? Because then now I can test if you guys are listening to the right people, to the right God. If you guys are not able to fulfill your task, then we're going to do something. Because you've been lying to me all this time, just trying to be in agreement with me, and that doesn't, nope, it's not going to fly anymore. So if you guys don't tell me what my dream is, adios amigos. Or in Spanish, yeah, in English, goodbye friends. And that came to the ears of Daniel. Daniel was among the group. Daniel was going to be part of what was happening with, with his friends. And what happens a little bit further on verse 17 is that says that then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. As I was saying, it is important to build relationships. And these kids had a pretty good close relationship. No, it was not a social club. 
but they were building around what they have been taught. And told them to seek mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. And then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To whom belongs wisdom and might. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what it is in the darkness. And the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given me wisdom and might. And have now made known to me what we ask of you. For you have made me known to us the king's matter. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? What is it that you're going to do? How, like all these questions, God has the answer. God has the revelation. But the only way, once again, is if you engage with him. If you get connected. Amen? And this doesn't happen only on Sundays. You need to be there. And one of the things that we're going to see uh, when we continue to read is that this was not only impacting their lives. It was about to impact and to witness to the life of the king. How many of you guys want to cause impact out there to the people that is outside in the world? There is only one way. And it's not only by talking. We need to show ourselves the power of God in our lives. So it says that Daniel went and revealed that to the king. And on verse 46 reads, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, truly your God is God of gods. Imagine that. Now Nebuchadnezzar's mind was changing with regards of his own gods. He is Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts. And made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel then made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. Daniel has passed the test. Now... We need to ask ourselves, so what happened about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Because their faith was about to be tested as well. When we hear about this, we go to chapter 3, and we know that Nebuchadnezzar built a big statue of gold. And in chapter 3, we read that his order was... As soon as all the instruments, like it was a big orchestra, prepare for this event. He said, once all these instruments begin to sound, everybody is going to bow down. 
And if they don't bow down, then we're just going to make barbecue with them. And it was already an order. And when the king says this happens, that's what's going to happen. Interesting enough that the king had appreciation for these four guys. Daniel had passed the test, but now Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were on the, the next ones on the lineup. Like, we'll see what's going to happen here. And of course, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow. So this news came to the ears of Nebuchadnezzar. And his reaction was this. Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, verse 13 of chapter 3, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego he brought, they be brought to him. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the orchestra playing for me, you will have the opportunity to fall down and worship the image that I have made. That's Pastor Jair's translation. Okay? But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Pretty, pretty, boastful of him. Who will deliver you? From my hands. And of course, the answer from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is, we are not going to play that game. So do whatever you have to do. The fire was so hot, so powerful, that I can imagine people just piling up all the, the logs. And as soon as they turned them on, guess what happened? They burned up. I would say 10, 12 right there, gone. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just like, okay, smells like barbecue. But you know what? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer to you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. Oh, king, but if not, be it known to you, O oh, king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The beginning I mentioned about faith and facts. The facts were in front of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But they said, that's not our game. That's not our faith. That's not our trust. We will go in. And they went in. And we all know this story because most of us, we went to, to Bible school, to Sunday school, and learned about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the fiery furnace. They went in. Interesting, as we read, is that Nebuchadnezzar was attentive to what was happening. And they saw three people going in, and a fourth one. In the midst. And scholars and theologians say that this was a theophany. God in person right there. Because even Nebuchadnezzar recognized that this person was like the son of a God. 
Nebuchadnezzar, after these events, says, he answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command, and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be turned limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. It seems that there was no other law for Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't know anything else. Let's ruin everything. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. When we trust... When we follow instructions, we will not only be able to walk over our circumstances, but then we will be promoted to the next assignment. Now, how many of you guys know that once we have fulfilled one assignment, there is another assignment to come? Unless that assignment is going to heaven. How many of you guys are ready to go to heaven? Four people. See, I know. I talk about this. We come here to church and we pray, God, bring your kingdom. Come, come, take us. And when God says, hey, it's time to go. Oh, no, God, heal me. No, God, no, don't know yet. No, God, I haven't done this. No, God, I haven't done that. Well, that's life. But there was more to come. There was more to come. Their challenges have not finished there. Nebuchadnezzar was changing. Now everybody had to respect the God of the Hebrews. And that was causing turmoil. Culture was changing. Culture was being affected because the life of four young people were causing havoc. Just by example. They were still counted as magicians. They were still serving under the Babylonians, living in their culture, but at the same time living counterculturally. Because that's what Christian life is about. It's about being no better, but different. So then all these things happen with Nebuchadnezzar, and now we come to chapter 6. Nebuchadnezzar is no more. And now Daniel is serving under a different king. King Darius. And they were still in the journey. Trying to do their best. And what happens here is that once again. Their faith was about to be tested. The key for Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Belshazzar, or Daniel, was that they will continue to do what they were taught. Connect with God. Talk to Him. Listen to Him. He will build you. He will provide. He will give you. He will heal you. He will all do these things. But they needed to be connected. And on chapter 6, we're going to learn that Daniel got connected with God at least how many times per day? Three times, where everybody will see him, or at least hear him. 
He was not in his secret place. Like he was making his request loud. And I can imagine praising and worshiping God loud. And one thing that all his co-workers, co-laborers, whatever you want to call them, they knew that this was changing and they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, you know what, King? Oh, sorry, King Darius, you know what? This has happened before and this is happening now. So what if you decide that you put, put a, a, a plan, a bylaw? I remember when, when we were here in the, the construction of the church and the dome. Once we purchased the land, uh, it was for a church to build a place of worship. When that got to the ears of the counselor back then, she said, this ain't going to happen under my watch. And she established a bylaw where no places of worship could be built. And that affected the whole city of Toronto. In Toronto, there is no more churches being built. Just for your information, you can retake another building, but you cannot build a new building for a place of worship. And we had to go, and we had to go and fight that. But we went in faith, and guess what? Where are you sitting right now? Because that's the God that we serve. It didn't happen once, it didn't happen twice, it happened at least three times. And three times, God was victorious on our behalf. But this is what happened. Now he's facing the fact that he cannot pray to God. He does it anyway. And people threw him under the camel or the bus or whatever medium of transportation they use on those days. And they told the king, this is what's happening, king. You see this guy that you have here over Babylon and all this stuff? That guy is not following your orders. And you said that if this doesn't happen, then we're just going to... Throw him onto the lions. So I think that you said it, not us. So we're going to have to do something. Even King Darius' life has been affected by Daniel and his testimony. To the point that he was concerned. He said, okay, yeah, that's what I said. So we're gonna, I guess we're going to have to do it. Knowing that all night long, he couldn't sleep. Just thinking about... Daniel, just being mauled by all the, the lions. And first thing in the morning, when the sun came up, he went. And he started talking to Daniel to see what was happening. Even be, He didn't open the cage or whatever the, the cave. Or he, no, he didn't there. He started shouting from outside, you know, it's better safe than sorry. Hey, Daniel, you're still there? Yeah, why not? What do I mean, why not? What about the lions? Oh, God came and shut their mouths. Are you sure? This is open. I made a joke on the first service. This guy was not like the guy that was on, on a tour. And, and he was left from the bus. So he had to go and chase after the bus. He was a Pentecostal guy, by the way, you know. All fiery, spiritual warfare, these things. And on his way to catch up with the boss, he found himself with a pack of lions in the middle of the road. And he was like, spiritual warfare, my enemies, and God, right, rebuked the lions and this and this and that. Closed eyes, just battling. He opened his eyes, the lions were still there. Now we need to change strategy. 
Maybe this is not the strategy. Okay, he began to pray now. Father, I just pray that these lions will be believers, that they won't touch me, that they, he opened his eyes and the lions were like. And he was like amazing. He didn't understand lion language, but the lions were, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this food that we're about to eat. <laughs> that was not Daniel. Daniel's faith was different. Daniel's faith was different. But their mouths got shot. Transitions happen. Things happen in our lives. But the only thing that we can do in every process that we go is place our trust in God. Going back to the proverb, it says, trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. It needs to be really well founded. Do not try to figure out everything on your own because you won't be able to. The more you think logically, the more confused you will be and the further you may go. Trust in God. Trust in God. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do. It's the only way. Being attentive to what God is saying to you. Right here, right now. Whatever challenges are that you are going through, God is speaking to you. And if you listen to his voice, in everything that you do, and everywhere you go, he is the one that will keep you on track. Not like the boy. You guys ready? The boy was just like, ah. But guess who was on the other side? God was there. I can guarantee you that. Maybe not there in the video. But if that's us, God will be there. He will bring us back in track. And this only happens when our trust is fully deposited on Jesus. And that's my invitation. Whatever is it that you are going through right now, Jesus is the answer. Trust in him. Amen. Pastor Bennett. Uh, wasn't that a great word? Pastor Jerry, just if you want to stay here with. Um, you know, I would like to do, let's just, I, I, I don't know about you, but one of the things I was just marked on when he was preaching the first sermon and also here as well is just, I want him to pray for us. And just to pray. How many people want to continue to grow in faith? And I think as he said, it's, it's when it's good, but also when it's challenging, amen? And when it's challenging. So just hold out your hands like in a position to receive from the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Jerry if he'll just pray over us just that we will all grow in faith. This is a year of faith. We've been talking a lot about faith, and we're praying and believing God that we will grow in faith in this time. Father, we praise you. We praise you. Only you are worthy of our praise. For it is you, Father, that in the midst of 
any circumstance that we may go through, you understand. It is you who know our hearts, who knows our journey. And though, Father, we may not understand everything that is happening in our lives right now, you do and you have an answer for us. Today we come before you, Father, and we make the choice to rest in you. You're not only the author, but you are the finisher and the perfectioner of our faith. Today we choose to trust you. Today we choose to rest in your presence. Today we choose to lay down our burdens, Father. They don't belong to us. We cannot do it. They're too heavy. But we trust you. We trust you in your goodness. We trust you in your mercy, in your grace. We trust that you are provider, that you are healer. We trust that you are defender. We trust that you are the answer for us. So Father, as we continue this journey, as we continue, Father, to walk through the tests and trials, help us, help us, so we can be people of faith. Father, I pray that you will redeem our time in the midst of our busyness, in the midst of our challenges, so that we can spend time with you, knowing you as you know us, and making you known, Father, as we walk. And in the midst, Father, of our ignorance about the plans that you have for us, about the things that we are going through. We pray for your grace that you will open our eyes to the reality that you are with us every step of the journey. That you are the one leading the way. Give us comfort and help us to understand your truth. For it is in your truth, Father, that we find comfort and hope and strength to stand the trials. And you said, Father, that then, when we are in relationship with you, we will get to live the life. We're so grateful that you are the God that will never leave us, that will never forsake us. That you're not only the God that is setting up our steps, but is the one that is always keeping us on track. Help us to be obedient. Help us to reflect your presence in our lives. That wherever we go, Father, even in the midst of everything, people will see you in the power of your resurrection. Transform us, oh God, as we continue to walk with you. That's our prayer today, Father. And we thank you for this is your work. 
We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have agreed, said. Amen. We're going to close with a song of worship, but before we do that, I have some bittersweet news that I need to share with you guys as a church family. Uh, forgive me if I read some of it a little bit. I'm working on just making sure for myself I can work through it, uh, get through it as well. We've been talking about this being a year of faith. Pastor Jared brought a great word about faith. And uh, Pastors Jared and Norma have sensed a clear call from God to take a new step of faith uh, in their lives in a new season and with a new ministry assignment. And so they've taken the call to join the team at New Life Community Church, which is in Brampton. Pastor Jerry and Norma love TCC. Anyone who knows them knows that. They love TCC so deeply. And this was not a decision that was made lightly or quickly, uh, but it's something that there has been months of prayer and discussion about. And uh, they really have felt a clear confirmation from the Lord with, as I said, with confirmations. And so while we will miss them, we completely support them in this step and we support them in this journey that they're taking. Um, it's a step of faith for them. It's also a step of faith for us, um, for all of a sudden. So we want to let you know, first and foremost, that this is happening. Second, we want to let you know that on Sunday, July 9th, we'll be hosting a special service for them, uh, really both services, to honor them to celebrate them, to say thank you to them. There's going to be opportunity to share more about them, an opportunity to sow into them and to bless them. And so I want to encourage you in that if for some reason you can't make it on the ninth, let us know and we can find some other ways as well for you to participate in honoring them and blessing them and thanking them. Uh, we've also been working hard behind the scenes already as a staff and on a board level to cover the different areas because there's so much that they did do and so much that they covered and so we're working on that. Uh, in closing, I'll say this. This is a big change for all of us. But I think as Pastor Jerry encouraged us very strongly today, we trust God. Trust God for them. Trust God for us as a church family. I also want you to know, as it is a big change, uh, it's very important to me that if there's any member of our church family who has questions about it, concerns, it's difficult. Because let's be real, it's, it's a difficult transition in many ways for many people. I want you to know that I want to sit and have those conversations. I want to talk. We can set up that time, and I want you to feel just that welcome, just that we can talk and we can move through this together. And we're believing God for his best for all of us involved. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you today, and we thank you so much for this word today about faith. And so, Lord, even now, even in this announcement where there's a step of faith that maybe we weren't expecting, Father, we thank you for us walking by faith. We thank you so much for Pastors Jerry and Norma, and obviously we're going to get to celebrate them and honor them uh, on the 9th. But Father, we just bless them even today. Lord, we thank you for this word that Pastor Jerry poured out and shared, came not just from a head knowledge, but from a journey and from walking it out. And Lord, we thank you for your hand with each one of us as we walk through this season, Father. We trust you. We know that you are building your church, God. We know that our steps are ordered. And, um, and we just thank you for all this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, say, amen. Amen. If we all want to stand to our feet, let's just close with a song of worship.
So, Father, we just thank you and we say it again. Be praised forever and always. Lord, we thank you for this service today. Thank you for the word that was brought. Thank you that as we go, we are not just going to be hearers of the word, but we are going to be doers of the word. And so we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said. Amen. Amen. All right, we have come to a close. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Again, remember, the special service to honor will be on July 9th. And uh, we just will be putting out some more information about that. And again, any questions, anything at all, please let me know. We want to stay very connected in this season. God bless you. Love each one of you. Have a great week. That's how long you're worthy. That's how long.